And so her point was, and I think this is 100% accurate, you save time by calling. Pick up the phone. And sometimes uh, I have producers, too, that they get a little call reluctancy or they mm-hmm. think it's faster to email. It It's just not. Because mm-hmm. then you, you send an email and you're waiting a day to two to three days for them to respond. And then you got to respond again because... And it just elongates the entire process. Man, pick up the phone and seal mm-hmm. the deal and get it over with and move on. Welcome to the Insurance Producers Podcast, where we bring you the top personalized producers, insurance agents, and industry partners, giving you at least three takeaways to 10x your production and build your multi million dollar revenue books. So sit back, relax, and become inspired by the success stories and strategies of the world's top insurance minds. Let's roll. Uh, Hey guys, uh, Cyrus Jaffrey, um, host Insurance Producers Podcast. Welcome to another episode. Uh, We got the fabulous Mr. Ryan Reynolds. Ryan, what's going on, buddy? Hey, not much. How are you, man? I am doing good. Uh, thanks yeah. for being on this um, on this on this call, man. I'm looking forward to talking to you. Um, I followed you on social media quite a bit, and a lot of people have, are, are following you, obviously. Um, and uh, just wanted to kind of pick your brain on some stuff for the for your producers and for yourself when you were a producer. Uh, give us some good insights, man, on what's going on in the industry right now. So, really looking forward to the conversation. Thanks for being on. Um, we'll just go rocking and rolling right from the beginning, man. Like how, how'd you get into the industry, Ryan? And, um, and, and uh, kind of where you are now. Yeah. So I've, uh, I've been in the industry 21, 22 years. Uh, I started with state farm insurance, uh, while I was actually still a college student, I was recruited from, uh, recruited by state farm while I was still in college, worked in the claims department and just kind of worked my way up knew early on that I'd kind of that entrepreneurial spirit and wanted to, wanted to leverage that. So I worked uh, for opportunities to become a state farm agent. And I thought that was the end all be all. Uh, and it was a fantastic opportunity. So a few years into my state farm career, about five years, I think in, I got the opportunity to be an agent in Houston, outside of Houston, Texas. It was a small rural market called Cleveland. Uh, we absolutely just I was really, really fortunate to have a dynamic team and a great community that supported me and what we were trying to accomplish uh, and experienced some pretty dynamic results uh, as it relates to being a State Farm agent. Um, and uh, a couple of years after that, it's just the community that I was in wasn't uh, the community I wanted to raise my family in. Uh, and uh, I had young kids at the time, just two. Uh, so I took an opportunity after they kind of uh, browbeat me for a while, a couple of different times, <laughs> took an opportunity to go back into into leadership um, and then uh, was in leadership with State Farm uh, for another 10 years, um, eight or 10 years after that. Uh, and then just got to a point with State Farm, as good as I thought that they were, uh, they they were changing so rapidly that a new CEO, they're everything was changing with the organization and I felt like they were getting away from their core values and it wasn't an opportunity that I felt like I could sell any longer. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I started looking for other opportunities and long story short through uh, cold calling, because that's, that's who I am. I'm a salesman Mm -hmm. uh, by by trait and by background, cold calling independent agents, asking them if they wanted to take on a partner or interested in selling 
and I uh, came across Grimes Insurance and uh, uh, the rest is history. January of 2019, uh, I acquired Grimes Insurance and uh, I'm the uh, principal and president of the company and uh, own 100% of the agency. Uh, when I bought them uh, four and a half years ago or so, we were uh, about 15 million in premium and I think uh, about 12 ish employees. Um, and so fast forward now we're, uh, the agency we've, we've grown a hundred percent organically. We're at 30 million in premium. Um, and for those that talk revenue, uh, we hit 4 million in revenue last year in December. Uh, so we've, we've in every aspect from revenue to premium to employees, we've doubled everything in the last four and a half years. And, uh, and so that's, that's where we're at now. That's, that's awesome, man. What an incredible growth. Uh, congratulations, man, on all the success and obviously more to come for you. But I want to go back to the, to the state farm days, man, of, of, of being, <laughs> of being an agent. Cause we were both state farm agents around the same time frame Cause I left in 19 and you left in 19. Um, yeah. and so I guess as, as a, at state farm, cause this podcast is obviously producer driven. So like at state sure. farm, we're all producers, right? You're all yep. agents, like you're writing business and all of that stuff. So like, what did that day to day look like for you? Where did you go to to, to find? Because if you can have success at State Farm, you're going to be extremely successful on the independent channel, you know. So yeah. maybe talk a little bit about that. Uh, so the success at State Farm really came from, and it's the same thing that drives me today: is relationships, it's relationships in the community. And I knew if I could win the community over from the leaders of that community. It was a small town. Cleveland, Texas is, I may be off here, but four or 5,000 people. Wow. It's about 45 minutes to an hour outside of uh, Houston metropolitan. So it, yeah. it's very rural and kind of back country, if you will. Um, so I spent a ton of time and, um, you know, there was a famous state farm agent named Al, uh, uh, what was Clark? his name? Al Clark. Clark. Yeah. Yep. Al Clark was in the Arlington DFW yeah. area. And Al always talked about, if you win the schools, you win the town. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I spent a ton of time building relationships with coaches, teachers, administrators. And we had two high schools there and several middle schools and mm -hmm. elementaries. So I spent a ton of time in the community building relationships, doing things like, you know, sponsoring football camps and basketball camps and Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you had to be blind if you're walking around the town yeah. of uh, Cleveland, Texas, not to see a Ryan Reynolds State Farm <laughs> t-shirt uh, on some kid or a coach somewhere. Uh, so spent a lot of time in the chamber at the city and in yeah. different uh, things like that. And then it was just about building the team, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm, I, I'm big on team. I, uh, uh, so I think when I finished State Farm, I probably had six or seven team members, something like that. For my size agency, it was probably a larger team than I needed, mm -hmm. um, but it was just, it was about the grind, man. It was about the numbers and the data and pumping out as many phone calls as we could. Every team member yeah. had a certain number of phone calls they had to make on a daily basis in whatever their expertise was. Um, and so that, I feel like that was where, you know, and we achieved, we were president's club uh, yeah. every single year, all four years, $100,000 scorecard <laughs> bonus every year, president's club. Uh, all that stuff, but it just came down to daily numbers yeah. and winning, winning every single day. And winning didn't always mean selling a policy. Correct. Winning was hitting our key metrics, our KPIs every single day. Yeah. And that's what it came down to. 
So, so yeah, let's talk about KPIs, man. Cause I'm big, I'm big on that. Like, you know, we've got 12 producers and they each are responsible for certain quotes, certain calls, certain referral partner touches, certain life, life referrals and all that stuff in our yep. agency. So like, could you, do you dig deep a little bit for me, man? Like, what are those KPIs? You can talk about State Farm or you can talk about right now or maybe talk about like when you were doing it yourself, maybe. Like, what were those KPIs that you were keeping yourself accountable? Yeah, yeah. Great question. So KPIs have, have changed a little bit for me mm-hmm. uh, now that uh, that I'm more in a uh, a manager role. I've, I have uh, 36 team members and, and yeah. four managers. So the KPIs that I look at now are different than they were when I was a state farm agent in producing, but KPIs for me, Cyrus always come back down to activity. Yeah. My leadership style is I don't, I don't care about the result. Mm-hmm. If you're doing the activity every single day, you mm-hmm. will get the results. So I don't ever, you'll never see me reward uh, results. I always reward activity. So in the State Farm days, and some of this isn't much different now at Grimes, but in State Farm, it was about number of phone calls, mm-hmm. number of quotes, number of email follow-ups. It was mm-hmm. all that little stuff that we look at and we're like, mm-hmm. man, that's that's so petty. Mm-hmm. But those are the things that generate so many, so many social media posts, so many Facebook posts, uh, all those things. Uh, and so today it's it's not much different. So at Grimes, so we break it down by department. So we have KPIs in our customer service department, our personal line sales, and in our commercial department. Uh, and then each of the managers have KPIs that they're held accountable to as well. But like customer service, for example, their KPIs are uh, pivots. So we mm-hmm. track the number of pivots. We record every phone call in and out of the agency. And one of the managers, mm-hmm. that's one of her KPIs, is she has to uh, she has to go through five phone calls a day. Uh, and monitor those phone calls to make sure that her team's doing exactly what mm-hmm. they need to. So we man it, we monitor uh, a percentage. They've got to take it a percentage of the inbound phone calls. They've got to pivot a certain number of times. Um, we have uh, the glove box app. So we've got a certain number of uh, pivots to the glove box app mm-hmm. uh, that, uh, that they've got to hit. And the sales team, it's same thing. Number of outbound phone calls, it's number of quotes that they generate, number of follow-ups they generate, uh, and and not just those, but then we monitor. I also record because I manage the sales team. Mm-hmm. I listen to five phone calls a day, five sales phone calls a day, and there's certain things I'm looking for in those five phone calls. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know how? <clears throat> uh, so we have a thing: value, vice, price, and discount. Value, vice, price, and discount. Did they hit all four of those things mm-hmm. every single time? Um, and so those those are the KPIs. I know those are that's a little general, but it, it's KPIs for me are always activity based, always activity, never result. Nobody's ever held accountable to how much premium or revenue they generate. They're just not. Yeah, no, I love that man because at the end of the day, it's phone calls. It's just reaching out to somebody, right? That could potentially buy insurance, whether it's a call, text, whatever, voicemail, whatever that is. And law of large numbers, if you know your numbers for your agency, right? So, you know, I need to make this many calls out of those that many calls. This is how many quotes I'm going to get out of those. How many quotes? This is how many are going to convert into a policy. That's how many of those are going to convert into Google reviews for your agency. But it all boils down to who are you talking to and how many people are you talking to? And that was at State Farm. That is on the independent channel. That's no, that's not going to change. Like you got to talk to people. I mean, that's kind of the bottom line. Um, of this. So that's pretty. So 
I'm going to dig a little bit deeper because I'm a nerd <laughs> with this thing. So tell me a little bit about how do you, so for certain people, their KPIs are different, right? So for me, like some of my producers only need to make 20 calls a day. Other ones need yeah. to make 50. There are some that yeah. only need to make 10 because they have such yeah. good relationships. So how do you determine that? Um, and it's for everybody, is it different for every one of your producers? Mm -hmm. So my leadership style, Cyrus, is I'm not going to tell you what your goals are. Mm. You you create a business plan and my job is to help you succeed. So my, my response to that is, hey, what do you want to do this year? Mm. What's your year look like? And then, hey, mm. this month, you know, you fell a little short of your goal last month. So what mm. do you think needs to, this month, what do we need to do different? And it always mm. comes back to activity. So part of my job is, is I'm no longer influencing customers to sell because I'm not in the, uh, I, I'm yeah. not, uh, I'm not selling policies any longer. My, yep. my best use right now is developing my team. So it, it comes back to what do they want to achieve? What do they want to do? And then let's work together and figure that out. So mm -hmm. uh, to give you specific numbers, it, it really depends on um, how many prospects are in that, that producer's pipeline. If yeah. their pipeline's really full, they probably don't yeah. need to make as many outbound phone calls to generate new leads, right? They've got plenty of quoting opportunities. Maybe maybe their KPI this month changes from outbound phone calls to um, prospects follow up that uh, mm -hmm. on their hot prospect. Maybe they have 150 hot prospects. Yeah. Um, how many phone calls a day do we need to generate to be able to get to those 150 in the first two weeks so we can have the last two weeks to close them out? Beautiful. Uh, but generally what I see is between 50 and 75 outbound phone calls a day for new business. If their pipeline's a little shy, that's generally where I see my producers. Um, their target is about 50 to 75 outbound phone calls a day. I love that. I love that. I think that's completely two different, two different agencies we run because a lot of our referrals come from our joint venture relationship, mortgage lenders, yep. real estate companies and all of them. So for, for my team, they need to hear your this this podcast because you have, they, these you guys have to make fifty to seventy five, and these guys are complaining about ten phone calls, and these yeah. are just follow ups for people that ask for yeah. quotes. Yeah. I'm like, bro, yeah. come on, what are you like? You know, like I'm not remember at State Farm, it was fifty calls for us was the number. Yeah. But yeah. one thing I would add is at the end of the at the end of the year, and this is one way that we do it is at the end of the year we just say, hey, how much money do you want to make? So if someone's mm -hmm. like, hey, I want to make two hundred thousand, well, I know your numbers. We follow, we track this every time for 200,000. We know how much average premium, average premiums. We know how much you're going to make on the income side per policy. So we know exactly how many calls you want to make for how much yep. money you want to make. Now, if you didn't make those calls, that's your fault. So you're yep. not going to, so you're not going to make 200,000. Are you good with a hundred thousand? Right. So it's like, yeah. I love that, man. I love that you're kind of putting it on them versus you yeah. telling them, here's what you want them to make. So, yeah. um, so that's and, pretty impressive. And I think it's important to note too, and just to keep uh, keep transparency here. So I really have two models, Cyrus. I, most of my business is written from my, what I call my W2 model. Yep. So I, I'm like you, I've, I have a ton of referral relationships. We get a ton of referrals every month. So my W2 team, yep. they, they're not making outbound phone calls. They're all inbound mm -hmm. taking care of, uh, leads and referral sources. Mm -hmm. And I also have I call it my 1099 model. I also have 1099 producers that don't get any of those leads. They're generating their own leads. And so when go. I'm talking about outbound phone calls, that, that's my 1099 team. So my W2 team, they're not making outbound phone calls to generate leads. They're making outbound phone calls to follow up on prospects. 
So that's just awesome. a word. We're transparent. That's awesome. And I think that's important for, because people that are going to be listening to this podcast are going to be a ton of those 1099 independent contractors that are ready to make stuff happen. That's why they're yep. listening to the podcast saying, how can I become a better producer? How can I make more money in this market? Right. Yeah. So, 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 so there, some producers are obviously, I mean, W2 under you potentially, they mm-hmm. got a little bit of an easier way. Um, and then obviously under us, but then the other side of it. So both of them, but at the end of the day, both of those guys got to call people and talk to people yeah. and close, yeah. right? So, I mean. Yeah, yeah. and my, my W-2 model, um, they they have a uh, not as great of an opportunity to make money, right? Because mm-hmm. they're 100% salary. There's there's yep. bonuses if they hit some things, but they're not, they're not commission-based. They don't earn commission. So my W-2, uh, it's 100% salary, uh, 98% salary, yep. whereas my 1099 is 100% commission only. And so they're the ones hustling and and writing just as much business from the day-to-day activities. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I guess let's go to those 1099 contractors. What is, um, who are some of your people that are having success on the 1099 side? Um, Maybe what are two or three things that they are, I mean, pretty easy, call more people, I get that. But what, like to to dig a little bit deeper for some of these 1099 contractors that are maybe having a little bit of a tough time right now. Like, what was their system? What's their process? Like, what do they do on a daily basis? The ones that you have seen um, are having success. What are some things that they're doing right now? Yeah. So, uh, um, just to be very clear, so my my ten my ten ninety nine uh, producers, they're all former insurance agents from captive carriers. That's yep. that's my primary recruiting source. I recruit to yep. them. So I have Farm Bureau agents, former State Farm team members, former State Farm agents. So they understand the game to some extent, right? They yeah. understand how to sell for the most part. Um, so what they're doing really, Cyrus, is they're splitting their time depending on how new they are. Yeah. The newer they are, the more time they're spending on the phone generating business, right? Yeah. Uh, and so what I really encourage them is to get to an equal split, an equal split of prospecting on the phone and, and prospecting in the community. So we're very heavy on building referral relationships. So they're out meeting with mortgage brokers, uh, some real estate agents in my market, at least, and the markets that we work in, uh, mortgage lenders are, are a better referral source than, than mm-hmm. realtors are in yeah. terms of the consistency. Yeah. So we're encouraging them and helping them to get in front of mortgage lenders, build relationships with them, facilitate that relationship. And then split their time with cold calling with leads and lists mm-hmm. and things like that. So that's that's how they really spend their day is in an ideal world, it's half and half. It's half prospecting over the phone and half prospecting in person and building relationships. Yeah. Ryan, who were your top three referral partners, you would say, other than the community stuff? Like who were your top three when you were at State Farm or when you were writing business? Mm-hmm. Um, and your team potentially back at State Farm or even now, like who are some of your top three? Uh, at State Farm. So at State Farm at the time, we didn't have, and you know this, we didn't have the technology really mm-hmm. to be able to track that very efficiently. Mm-hmm. So I, I couldn't tell you emphatically. Mm-hmm. W- what I would tell you is if I had to guess, gun to my head, it's going to be the Chamber of Commerce because mm-hmm. we were involved. So somebody would start a new business or somebody would move to town. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing in that small town they would go mm-hmm. to is, Oh, Hey, call Ryan state farm. Mm-hmm. They're, they're the end all be all. So if I had to guess that that's who it was, um, uh, it's state farm here, it's mortgage lenders. 
hundred percent. No question. No question about it. And I can pull up my agency zoom and, and show you it's mortgage lenders, uh, and to some extent, uh, real estate agents. Very cool. Very cool. So now, um, could you, could you share with us maybe on those, on those, on those mortgage lenders, what are some best practices? I know there's a lot of people here that are listening, man, that, that, that want to get into that space or they are in that space. They're not, not having a lot of success. Obviously market mortgage world right now is kind of upside down for the most part. A lot of people are exiting and a lot of real estate people are exiting, but what would be your, um, your advice for some people that are in that world? So I would tell you, you got to see the transaction from their side. And if you have the ability and you understand how they operate. So one of the best things I did when I, when I first bought Grimes is I went to a couple of people that I knew that were mortgage lenders. And, and all I said was, hey, can I sit with you for a few hours? I just want to mm. see what you do. I, I want to hear what you say. I want to see your process. So what I've, what I've learned in, in those couple of days that I spent with them is I I learned their pain points Mm -hmm. and bottom line, man, mortgage lenders just want to close deals. Don't get in their way. Don't don't cause problems. Just take care of your crap and get it done and and do it fast. Right. Uh, And so that's, that's the value we provide them. Now I'll I'll tell you, we don't pay mortgage lenders. I never have, Mm -hmm. and I never will. And I refuse to because it undermines what I'm doing. And what I'm doing is creating a unique experience for them and for their clients. So I never have, and I never will. Um, and, and I've been kind of shaken down for lack of better words by some. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just tell them, look, I'm not going to do that. That's not how yeah. we roll. So I want to make that, that really clear that I don't do that. And we never have. Um, but you've got to understand what they value, what they value is speed, accuracy, and saving deals. You got, you got to save mm-hmm. deals. So it's not uncommon for a lender to call me and say, Hey, Ryan, I need you to save this deal. They got a quote from from farmers and it's two grand for because they have a debt to income issue. They've mm-hmm. got to be at at seventeen hundred. Okay. Hey, I appreciate the heads up. We'll do everything we can. And then we go mm-hmm. to work with the client and try to get them to seventeen hundred so they can close mm-hmm. the deal. Mm-hmm. And when you do, lenders love it. So that's what they want is they want deals closed, they want it done fast, accurate, and they want they want it to refer back to them in a positive way that, hey, thank you for sending me to Grimes Insurance. So that's what we really try to do. In terms of your question about building relationships, if you build an initial relationship, and that was that's always been my my plea to lenders is, hey, just give me a shot. Mm-hmm. I know you got two or three other guys you sent it to. When you got a really tough one, just give me a shot. I promise you'll be grateful you did. And then that's that one time, that's your time to mm-hmm. shine. And then you'll start to see them sprinkle in once in a while after that from that lender that you saved the day for. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's always my, my plea with them is, Hey, just give me a shot, give me a shot. And I promise you. So there's that piece. The other piece is, and, and uh, they say they like it. Um, so it's still kind of new for us, but we call it our mortgage protection program. This mm-hmm. isn't anything new. I, I stole it from someone else and just recreated it myself. But mortgage mm-hmm. protection program is we go to lenders and say, Hey, Rates are r- rates are tough right now. You're not closing a ton of business or as much as you'd like to, but someday rates are going to come down. Mm-hmm. And when those do, I- I'll be your best friend. But in order to do that, you got to we got to work together now. And so w- essentially, what we tell them is, every referral you send us now, we notate it in our in our CRM, 
And when we get a request for an evidence of insurance down the road for a refinance, we're going to notify you mm. because we're notified 45 days prior to close on a refi. Mm -hmm. We're going to notify you electronically. Your agency, uh, if you have agency Zoom, agency Zoom will help you do this. Mm -hmm. You can notify that lender automatically. You don't even have to be involved. So the lender gets a notification that goes to him to say, hey, Cyrus is... Uh, you would referred Cyrus to Grimes Insurance. He's now looking for a new mortgage. Boom, the mortgage lender picks up the phone and tries to save the day. Lenders love that. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's one more value add. But, you know, back in the day when we were State Farm agents, uh, insurance agents were trying to sell leads to lenders and trying to, mm -hmm. and they were crap leads. And, you know, I'm, I'm just not going to do that. Um, so this is my attempt to try to provide some value back to them. Mm -hmm. And then when, when, cause we get a lot of them, when we get a refi request, that's not tied to a lender referral, then we call our top lender for the month mm -hmm. that referred business and said, Hey, we got a refi request. You didn't originally send them to us, but you've sent us so much business in the last 30 days. We wanted to give you an opportunity if you wanted to try. And they love that. So we're yeah. trying our very best to provide them referrals back. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I want to, um, I, by the way, it's not legal. Uh, to pay mortgage lenders, so I think a no. lot of people should know that. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, and if and if you do, and there's some people in our market that does that, and and, and other markets, and I none of my business. I don't need to know about it. I don't. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I, you know, it's just like. But at, but at the but at the end of the day, they're 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 they they do not they do not care about the twenty five dollar Starbucks gift card or no, or your hundred dollar cash man. Mortgage lenders, they make plenty of money. Uh, the good ones that are going to stick around, and 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 yep. and they will be just fine. They don't need that extra thing. And you know what, yep. what, what happens when another person comes, say, I'll pay you 150 and they're yep. going to leave because, because they paid them an extra $50. Yeah, they're so going to shake you down for two years of your commission. I, that's it. So I think yep. if you just do the Ryan route where you're like, Hey man, like, I'm just going to give you value. We're not, I'm not going to pay you anything. I'll take you. Like I like to golf. So a lot of our mortgage lenders, you know, I'm like, Hey, I'll take you out to the club. We'll go golf. We'll have a great time. Yep. You know, I'll pay for your golf and all that stuff because and yeah. I honestly, I'm to a point in my career where the people that I am going to spend a day of golfing or four hours or five hours, yep. and those are the lenders that I want to actually be friends with, <laughs> yep. uh, you yep. know, at, at this point. But if I'm a young producer, man, those are some things that you could do to differentiate you yeah. from somebody else potentially yep. because they're just looking for a relationship as well. Um, well, so. and, and keep in mind, too, this is a really important point. I, I feel like social media is so underused everybody posts all their personal stuff, their, their kids' birthdays, their anniversaries, the pictures of their wife or when they get married, you know, they're always posting stuff like yeah. that. If this is a true relationship that you value, take yeah. opportunities like that and just handwritten yeah. card or send them an yeah. edible arrangement or a box of crumble cookies or what, whatever. And just say, Hey, happy birthday or happy anniversary or, Hey, saw little Johnny hit a home run. Tell him we said, congratulations. And it, you know, here's a, gift card to the donut shop, take them out for donuts, stuff like that. People just, they love. And, uh, and that's, that's what a real relationship is, right? 100% man. Like you can send me a birthday card for me or my wife or do some things for me for my anniversary, like my financial advisor or some of those other people do. But if you, some, if you remember like my daughter's birthday, who's six or my son's birthday, who's four, my son's birthday, who's yeah. two, or my son just had heart surgery, like well, everything is good. But like, if somebody sent me a note saying, Hey man, I know you went through some stuff with your son. Like we, I truly want, we keep, kept you in my prayers and hope. Every, I mean, that stuff like means so much more when it's to your kids 
Yeah. Um, versus versus to me, I'm like, oh yeah, you have to send me a birthday card. You're my financial guy. Like, yeah, you're supposed yep. to do that, and it's yep. not even your writing. Damn it! Like you just got somebody yep. else to do it for you. Yeah. Um, yeah so so means a lot. <laughs> we we had a uh, we had a referral. Uh, excuse me, a realtor that uh, sends us a good amount of referrals. He posted on social media that his dream car was this Jeep, uh, mm-hmm. or excuse me, this Ford Bronco, and it was a specific color. Mm-hmm. So we went out uh, and we we found a model of it. We bought mm-hmm. it. We put it on a uh, on a wooden deal with a with a plaque on oh. it, mm-hmm. and uh, the plaque said something like "Helping your dreams come true." We're your number one fans, cheering you on. Took that to him. He was like, "Man, that is the coolest thing anybody's yeah. ever done." It's just little stuff like that that you do that. If they're really relationships, then treat them like relationships. Treat them, treat them like you would your spouse or your your kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I love that, man. That's that's some that's some good info. That's some great info. Appreciate that, Ryan. I want to go to uh, a little bit into <clears throat> time management. Right, a lot of producers they ask about time management. Like, what are some things um, that I did when I was a producer at State Farm, or you did, or what are you doing now? Your day to day is obviously different. But as far as a producer goes today, right, what do you think? There are obviously cold calls and all that stuff we all know. But like, are there some things that you would recommend to producers on a daily, on a daily basis um, to be able to be successful every day? What would be two or three things you would recommend to them? So uh, it's funny you ask that. Uh, my sister works for me. She's, mm-hmm. she's a producer and uh, she absolutely kills it. She, you know, she's writes a little over a hundred thousand every month in premium, all personalized. Awesome. And uh, we had the same conversation. She was at my house two nights ago for dinner and we were having the same conversation. And uh, the conversation was around saving, saving time. And she said, you know, there's other people in the office that they spend so much time printing out quotes and emailing <laughs> attachments. She's like, I don't email anyone unless they demand me send the quote. And so her point was, and I think this is 100% accurate, you save time by calling, pick up the phone. And and sometimes uh, I I have producers too that they get a little call reluctancy or they Mm -hmm. think it's faster to email. It's just not Mm because then you you send an email and you're waiting a day to two to three days for them to respond. And then you got to respond again because, and it just elongates the entire process. Man, pick up the phone and seal mm-hmm. the deal and get it over with and move on. So it's, it's just about being action oriented, yeah. solve problems, get them done today. Don't postpone them. So I, I have a, uh, so I have a list, I'll hold it up. So every single morning when I walk into the office, I take a blank piece of computer paper, I fold it in half and I write GSD on the top mm. and it's got my four or five priorities that I've, I got to get done that day. Yeah. These are, these are big ticket items and GSD stands for get shit done. Mm. Uh, so it's my GSD list. So we talk a lot about working from a list. Your your CRM is a list. Your agency mm-hmm. management system is a list. Create a list of the, the four to five, no more than five because you won't get them done. Four to five things you're committing. I'm not leaving the office today until these things are done. Uh, and then just work to get those things done. And a list could be your, you know, your hot prospects in your CRM or uh, could be those things. But it's just about, working diligently throughout the day to get, get shit done. <laughs> that's, that's what it really comes down to. And then picking up the phone and stop emailing people, pick up the phone. You're going to get it done faster. Even if you have to leave an email or excuse me, a voicemail and they got to call you back, 
or then you can resort to email. But so many times we take, you know, it's human nature to take the path mm-hmm. of least resistance and the path mm-hmm. of least resistance is an email. Mm-hmm. Pick up the phone. That's so that's, that's, that's especially today because I feel like we went through this like texting where everyone's like, Oh, texting, texting, texting. But honestly, now I'm in a point where like, I kind of like when the calls come in because I'm like, I'm yeah. back to like that old school mentality of calls do matter because everybody's texting and everybody's emailing now and forms of communication have changed in the last five, six years, obviously, yeah. as you, as you know, so it's, it really is, man, there's no better way to build a relationship than just calling somebody, man, there's just not. So uh, that's a great, that's a great point. And then in the morning, I feel like. If you're a producer, man, you got to get your GSD done in the morning, man. Like the stuff that is hard, which is for a lot of people, like underwriting issues that came up from a sale or whatever, right? Dude, just wake up, get those the first thing out of the way, get them done, get moving, and you're just going to be at Because a lot of people just procrastinate. I'll do it this afternoon, and then it's the next day, and and you're just overwhelmed with stuff, and you don't do the things that you need to do. So make a list. Dude, that's a great, great advice make a list in the morning, get the stuff done in the morning and rock and roll. So, um, yeah. that's, that's really awesome. I, I, I totally appreciate that. Um, I want to really quick go into, uh, you've got a lot going on, man, with family, seven kids, wife, uh, going to be wife. Uh, man, you're one of our, uh, one of our, uh, top influencers in the insurance world. Um, obviously from what I'm seeing, I, and I, and I, and I respect you and appreciate you. Um, how do you do it all, man? Like, so what's your, what's your day to day look like, man? And like, how are you handling 36 people, 30 million at premium? And you're only four years in, man, on the indie channel. So it's not like, it's not like you've been around for 20 years, right? And you kind of yeah. a staple, like you're a new upcoming, um, and all this stuff that you're doing, man. Like how, how are things going with you? So uh, a couple of keys are, um, you know, I, I look at, um, I look at things maybe just a little bit different than, than other people. I'm, I'm working in my day to try to buy time because I, I don't get time back. You don't get time back. So things for me have to equal getting more time back. And it's not more time to go sit on the lazy boy in the recliner. Mm-hmm. It's not more time to go sit on the beach. It's more time to do what I want, which is generate more assets. Right. Mm-hmm. So, if you look at life and your day through that perspective and that lens, things get a lot more clear. Mm. So I, I find myself asking myself that a lot when I get an email about a project or somebody wants to talk with me about something, or I, I kind of run it through that filter. Is this going to buy me back more time in mm. some aspect? That's good. Uh, so I'm, I'm big about, you know, and I, I have a real estate portfolio on the side that I manage a property management company and all mm-hmm. those things too. And all those things, they have to buy me time back. And so when I'm like, for example, right now I'm in the process of trying to hire a, a sales manager. So before this call, I was writing out a job description for a, mm-hmm. for a sales manager. And for me, when I look at that, I'm looking, okay, I'm going to have to pay this person a good amount of money, but what, What's it doing for me? Am I going to generate more results, more business? Mm. Maybe, I, I hope, but at the end of the day, it's buying me more time back, mm-hmm. right? And so it's it's less that I have to do here so I can focus my best and, and most priority of, of my time somewhere else to generate more results and generate more time back. So I, I think you got to look at things through that 
that lens. And that's how you scale a business is more time, right? Mm -hmm. So the thing that I probably made the biggest mistake of uh, when I was a state farm agent and just starting as a producer is I didn't, I didn't try to buy more time. I didn't buy more producers Mm -hmm. and I didn't buy more uh, managers and sales managers because I didn't understand the value of time. Yeah. And uh, so I, how I, how I do it, Cyrus, to answer your question is, is I hire, train, and develop the best and brightest talent out there to buy me time back. That's huge. So Great answer. I, I wish I would have done that a lot sooner of hire more capable and competent people to buy time back. Um, and that's, I'm happy to go into more detail uh, if that's too high level, but that's that's what it's really about is about buying time back and making investments in your business to buy time. You're not buying more production. You're not buying a bigger agency. You're buying time. Yeah. And no offense to, to, to state farm, but they didn't do a good job of teaching you that they taught you how to be an insurance producer an agent mm-hmm. that, uh, for, to me, they did not teach me how to hire more people and train and all that stuff. Cause you're in the weeds of it all back at yep. state farm. So, yep. and, and there's a lot of state farm people that are listening to this podcast. So for those people, I would say, man, like you got to become the CEO, like, and you're mm-hmm. never a CEO at your state farm office. Well, legally you can't even put that you're the CEO yeah. of your state farm office. You are just an agent. And the longer yeah. you are just an agent, you're just killing time and you're not buying time. Um, you yep. got to find people to be able to do the things for no, them. You're exactly right. And I love that. The longer you're in the trenches, the more time you're losing. So here's one more piece I'll, I'll share with yeah. you. And I can't take credit for this. Bradley Flowers, a good friend of mine, told me this. Yeah. We were talking about delegation. And, uh, and he told me, he said, Ryan, there's two forms of delegation. There's a delegation of a task, right? And we're all mm-hmm. familiar with this. Hey, go and mm-hmm. do this report back, right? Mm-hmm. Return and report. That's a big deal with me. Return and report. So you can delegate a task. And what Bradley taught me is there's a second level to delegation and that's delegating decisions. Mm-hmm. So for example, a piece of technology came across my desk the other day that somebody wanted to visit with me about. I turned it over to my training implementation coordinator and I said, Hey, go research this, go figure out if it's a good fit for us. If it buys us time and if yeah. it's a good investment and if it is, sign the contract and, and implement it. So I gave her, I empowered her to make a, about a 15, $20,000 decision. I trust her. I'm going to run it past her anyways. So why not just have her make the decision? Mm -hmm. That's her realm of expertise is technology in the office and the process that that piece of technology would, would help. So I delegated Mm -hmm. not, not only the task to go investigate it, but I delegated the decision to determine if it's, an appropriate piece of technology for us. And then to, to figure out the billing and who needs to have access to it and go do it and let me know how you come out at the end. So I think that's another big piece is learning how to delegate tasks and decisions. Yeah. And you can't, you can't do it all, man. Cause if you did it all, you'd be uh, no offense, just an agent again. Yeah. Um, and you don't, you know, you, you just, you just think differently, which is why, which is what makes you completely different. And empowering others, man, they need that more than you think, more than anybody thinks. Like they want that. That's how they become better. Yeah. The more you empower others, man, that's my leadership style too, man. You empower others to become leaders. And if they become leaders, they're going to find more people that are going to yeah. become leaders. And yeah, that's just how we're going to go. And we're all going to grow and become better. So I love that, man. That's truly empowering. 
so think about it this way too. I have a 17 year old daughter who just graduated high school and is contemplating going to college. So here, here's the interesting thing. And Cyrus, you were there. I was there too. As a 17, 18 year old, you have to make life altering decisions. Yet the irony of it is you have the least amount of experience making decisions. Yes. So how, how do you gain experience in making decisions? You make more decisions, right? You're forced into making more decisions. So the more decisions we can have our team make, the more experience they'll get in making decisions and in making the right decision. And that's the only way to develop people is to give them more opportunity. And consequently, that takes more off your plate too. 100%. And, and, and honestly, for your organization to grow, for my organization to grow, we can't be doing those things, right? Yep. I mean, for us to grow and you got to empower them, but empowering them, they make more money. They become better. And I tell people all the time, man, I'm like, here's one thing I will promise you. When you come to our organization, right? When you leave, you will be a better somebody. It doesn't yeah. have, it won't be a producer. You might yeah. be a better husband. You might be a better father, or a brother, or a sister, or just a better individual overall. I can't promise you other things, but I will promise you that being here, you will be a better human being because we're going to empower yep. you to make decisions you've never made before. Uh, yeah. which is truly going to make you a better person. I, I'm not going to promise you you're going to be here for 20 years. Like I don't honestly, I hope honestly you're not. And you go do bigger things potentially. And hopefully it's with us. And maybe, maybe hopefully it's not because that's why we hire people. Because yeah. when you come here, we empower you to become better, make better decisions. And if you go become your own CEO or you want to open up your own agency or whatever you want to do, man, we're going to empower you to do that because we did our job. You came to us, we empowered you and then we did our job. And now it's your turn yeah. to go shine. So yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. awesome. Um, so hey, last question. So, um, how do you? Um, this would be kind of kind of in, in the podcast. Our podcast used to be called Win Today, and 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 my motto in life is man, like uh, there's there's two or three things I do on a daily basis uh, that makes me win win my day. Which for me, it's early morning F three workout. Um, but what are your non negotiables? Um, and then also, how do you win your day? Like when you put your put put your head on the pillow at night and you're ready to bed, are there some things you're like, okay, I'm glad I did that because I can go to sleep. Just, okay. I don't have mm-hmm. to worry about things. So, so the questions, how do I do that? Yeah. How do you like, what are your non, what are your non-negotiables and what are two or three things that you do every day mm-hmm. to make you who you are and make you full and complete? Yeah. So here's the, I'll start in the the reverse. The things that keep me up at night are always relationship oriented things. Mm -hmm. The relationship with my fiance, the relationship with my kids, the relationship with my team. Mm -hmm. Those are the things and the relation inner office, you know, if there's Mm -hmm. squabbles in the office, those are the things that keep me up at night. Uh, And so the thing to prevent that, what I've got to make sure, and this sounds sounds sappy and you know, it is mm-hmm. what it is, but I, I've got to have connection with my significant other every day. 100%. Because if I don't, if I leave the house in the morning and I've done something or I was short with her and she's pissed off yeah. at me, it weighs on me all day and it impacts my entire day. Yep. So every day I've got to connect with her and feel like when I leave the house that we're on the same page. And then a couple of times throughout the day, either she'll call me or I'll call her. It's, it's connection because you know that. And anybody that's in a relationship with someone knows that if they're pissed at you or you're pissed at them, it ruins your day. It may not ruin your day. It impacts your day. So 
two or three things I've got to connect with my my significant other. The other things that uh, that keep me up at night are uh, connections with my team. Mm-hmm. Are my is my leadership team on the same page with me? Mm-hmm. So uh, every every day we're having a ten minute stand up, just me and the leadership team, to make sure we're on the same page. Priorities going on. Those things have to happen. Uh, the other thing is I, I've got it. We're in a business where we've got to feel good, right? And for me, that all starts mentally and men- my mental preparedness starts with my physical preparedness. So I, I, I got to do something physically every day. Uh, so that's a non-negotiable for me. Not every day because of crazy schedules mm-hmm. or other things. Not every day does it happen in the morning, but it happens before I go to bed every day. So those those are the three things for me that that fuel me and to make sure that mentally and physically I'm in the right place to absorb anything I need to throughout the day. Connection with my my fiance. Mm-hmm. We've got about another month and a half till we get married, but uh, awesome. connection with her every single day, connection with my leadership team uh, and something physical every day. That's dude. I love that, man. I've got I've got a little note note thing on on my window on on my mirror when I'm, when I'm brushing my teeth at night in the, in, in the, in the bathroom and, and every time, man, it says, kiss your wife, good night, which is a non-negotiable. Yep. And then, and then I look at how many days I have left. Like my daughter is six uh, until she's 18. And I know she's going to leave the house and I have those days and I go and change the day every day. So now yeah. I have 4,365 yeah. days left and it goes to 4,360, yep. which gives you perspective of like, dude, like you're not going to have them all the time. It's like yeah. you gotta go make that relationship better every day, even though they're two, four, six. Like Ryan, I wish. I mean, I would, I would, I would bet this a hundred percent that you would say this that you wish you could go back ten years when your daughter is seven and be the Ryan again because you would do some things differently oh, with, with with your relationship. So people that have younger people, producers that have younger kids, man, like don't take granted that your kids are, um, they're going to be out of the house sooner than later. And you got to take advantage of that and your significant other as well. So yep. that's yep. cool. i Ryan, appreciate you, man. It was, it was a pleasure to have you on and, um, so much good information, man. I think this is going to be one of our top episodes and, uh, we certainly appreciate you sharing your wisdom. Hey, thanks, man. I, I appreciate it. And, uh, anything I can ever do for you, let me know. Happy to, uh, happy to help in any way I can. We will be in touch. I appreciate you, Ryan. Talk to you soon, right. man. Thanks. All right. Take care.